0: I saved big money with the Progressive Home and Auto Bundle, so I finally bought that new set of golf clubs. Watch out, Fairway. Here I come. This is not a real testimonial. Sure, customers can save big with Progressive, but your other expenses won't just disappear. Are those clubs going to help you when the hot water heater dies? Also, it sounds like your money is better spent on golf lessons.
1: Time to go shoot the course record.
0: No, but maybe time for a reality check. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.
1: Morning, good Morning, afternoon, good evening, North. It's you, what are we this? Eagle Eyes on Tech. I am Eagle Falcon. We have a lot to talk about today. We have to talk about the Apple benchmarks in regards to the M1. The early ones are out. Other people are still testing theirs against a lot more computers. We haven't heard much out of them yet. That's the key thing. Is yet AMD, of course, launched their two or now three brand new gpus and well their launch went um well pretty much as much as you would expect anything in 2020 to go first though capcom is confirming there is a breach of data after a ransomware attack Wonderful, that's uh, that's what we needed right there. In the statement, the company has said that data on as many as three hundred and fifty thousand customers may have been stolen, including names, addresses, phone numbers, and in some cases, their date of birth. I'll I'll just ask the question. Why does Capcom have this information? I'm sure there's a reason for it. I mean, obviously they have it, but they're a game maker. Why would they have any of the customer information? I don't think Capcom has a distribution service of their own. Do they? But in any case... It has been... Oh, chat actually brought up a good point. It may be part of the Dragon's Dogma Online service. That actually... Would most likely be it. Oh yeah, isn't there also... um? Don't they have a service as well for, uh, Monster Hunter World? In any case, we got pretty close to figuring out why. To which now we have to ask, okay, now what? And the unfortunate thing is that I, what else are you going to do? For the most part, there isn't really a whole lot to go with that's going to result in any kind of serious identity theft. There's still a lot of critical information that would be needed for that kind of fraud. But. When you have names and phone numbers you have the potential for a large database that can be sold to scam call centers since they now know we have a name and we have a valid phone number. And I'll tell you right now one that is going around a lot Is first off, A, so-called health insurance vendors calling, immediately hanging up, and then you dialing back, and then going into their robocall maze. Yeah, that's not the behavior of a legitimate company. I'm sorry. I don't care what world you live in. And then another one that's been going around a lot, and I do mean a lot lately, is trying to pose as a local internet service provider. I have been getting tons of those. So that's where this is going to end up feeding. And of course, part of this was also their own internal database as well. So even if you're an employee of Capcom... Enough information was taken to have you doxed. Whee! Speaking of potentially getting doxed, Google Pay is me- doing a massive relaunch and trying to have Google Pay, the app you forgot exists, to be your all-encompassing money app that will hopefully never, ever, ever be data breached. Never, ever, ever have data stolen from it. And never, ever will dox you. And it'll be in charge of your everything. And it'll be puppies and unicorns. And um, your phone will now go ahead and... uh, And also, while it's at it, just uh, make you a coffee. Because why not? Why not? In all seriousness, though... Assuming... And this is a big thing. Assuming... Google has this be as secure as possibly can be. This could be a big thing. Right now, there are just some areas that Apple is just worlds ahead over Android. The Apple Pay is one of them. (laughs) <laughs> chat chat's j- just um, freaking mimicking Queen going we will we will dox you <laughs> uh, I do hope that this go- goes well and it does have the potential of uh, really to help a lot of people who don't really want to go ahead and go through Apps upon apps upon paperwork upon apps to make sure they have a full grasp of everything they have. But just to have it in like one screen can be very helpful. And like I said, when it, when it comes to this sort of thing, Apple is worlds ahead with its Apple Pay system. And I don't mean by just having a titanium credit card from... Frig, who is it? Wells Fargo? I think it's Wells Fargo that powers the Apple credit card there's more to it than just that and this could be a big step in a right in the right direction for people who want to do this that's the other key thing because if you don't want to do this it's going to be a big old why speaking of why how about this wonderful offer from monster cat and twitch Earlier in the week, Monster Cat and Twitch partnered up on something they called the fast track to affiliate. <laughs> Meaning that if you had Monster Cat Gold and kept the subscription active for a month, you would be able to get quote unquote fast tracked to being a Twitch affiliate, a Twitch affiliate for those who don't know is a step above a nor a your average Twitch streamer. All you have to do to get Twitch affiliate is reach 50 followers minimum, three co current average viewership, and there's a threshold in how much you uh you, you stream. I forgot what it was, it's basically like stream for like 5 days in a month or something like that. It it it's not much. It actually really doesn't take a whole lot to become affiliate. And a lot of people a lot of people looked at this and just went, "Wait, so becoming a Twitch affiliate, you can just pay to get there?" And a lot of people got outraged. And here is what my thoughts were. My thoughts on the whole thing. Before anything else was said. Was just. Oh okay. Neat. That's not a very smart move. To be perfectly honest. I mean if you can't reach. Three concurrent. Or 50 follows. You might need to uh, look back on your own stream. see, uh, See what you're doing. Is it working? Should I go and shift a bit? Should I change anything about my own production before moving forward? Because if I can't even get 50 follows, then there's something wrong that I'm doing. And really, the fifty follows is nothing. It's the three average co-current that is a much bigger deal. And a lot of that is just exposure. Get, get out there, get out there, and t- tell your friends. Go on, go on Twitter. there's all sorts of networking things you really should do, and that can help a ton. All right, that's kind of where I stood on it. I thought the whole thing was dumb. But it can exist Whatever You shouldn't do it Kind of like how I shouldn't go out And get a two liter bottle of root beer And and some vanilla ice cream And make the world's largest root beer float And chug it I could do that But I shouldn't God dang it Now we're on root beer float Anyway Afterwards, Monster Cat then posted and said that you still, even though you go ahead and do this, you still have to meet prerequisites of Twitch. This is not a pay to get access to Twitch affiliate status, which now makes the whole event confusing. So... What the heck?
0: What does any of this mean?
1: I'm not going to lie. The whole thing is very puzzling. And in the end, I think it is just a partnership amounts, announcement for both Twitch and Monster Cat to accomplish, well, nothing new. But I think the, the sole purpose of it, although poorly done... Granted, a lot of what Twitch has done lately has been poorly done, that its sole purpose is to bring awareness to an issue that Twitch wants awareness to very, very much. See, Monster Cat Gold has a very, very special feature about it, it gives you a broadcasting license. So as long as you pay monster cat, you're $5 a month. And by the way, that's all it is just five bucks. All these people saying, Oh, I got to do is just shove money. It's just like, it's, it's five bucks. Skip a lunch one day. It's not making it sound like this is just a lot of people are overreacting to this. That's all I got to say about, about that much. But anyway, With that broadcasting license, anything that is a monster cat published music, you can rebroadcast on various platforms. And before this announcement, Twitch was in fact on one of those platforms. So was YouTube, and so were various other media platforms that everyone forgets exists, like Twitter. That's what I think it was. It was just an attempt for Twitch to bring attention to, hey, you want to go ahead and get music that's not going to get you a spooky, scare, scary DMC later letter? Here you go. A legal way to do it. There you go. Whee! That's what I think the grand scheme was. And the end. Much like a lot of things Twitch has been doing. It's just poorly. Poorly executed. Much like Twitter's new stories feature. That has been called fleets. What the heck is a fleet you say? I don't know. I don't know what the point of this feature is. It makes no freaking sense to me whatsoever. Can anyone tell me what was going through Twitter's mind when fleets was announced? Anyone?
0: Anyone at all?
1: So basically all fleets is. Is that you can make a post of some kind. It'll usually either be a picture or a video, and it will appear in a top bar in the app, and you can just go through a quick feed of short videos and text, except Fleets is not available on the actual Twitter site, so if you use Twitter for desktop, no one will see it. So if you want to put out a quick update, you wouldn't want to do fleets because it means that a large chunk of your audience will not see it. Yeah, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't know why it's called fleets. When I think fleets, I think freaking trucks. I think a horde of vehicles. I think naval ships or Star Trek like someone in the chat just said. It's like why? Why would you put out a why would you put out a short video on fleets when you could just put it out as a tweet? But then as a tweet, you're guaranteed a hundred percent of your audience sees it. I don't get it. It, it, it really is just kind of the feature that um, no one seemed to ask for out of Twitter. Chad actually did bring up some good points. A lot of people do, in fact, pretty much live their entire lives on their phones. And in fact, I actually know a couple of people. No laptop. No desktop. Not even a tablet. Just their smartphone. Which, by the way, holy cow, what the heck is going on with my smartphone? It will not take calls, and it's driving me knucking futs anyway. the other thought as to why fleets as opposed to literally anything else someone in the chat says a fleeting moment and that it rhymes with tweet and that could very well be it could very well be in either case it just it feels like the feature literally no one asked for kind of like how nobody asked for the shopping feature on Instagram nor did they ask for the major reels feature I quite frankly don't care a whole lot the other thing that actually like drives me a little nuts with with it is um I'm staring at a side-by-side posted by the insider between the old layout and the new layout. I I actually can't tell the difference. Oh, there it is. At the very bottom, they replaced the heart with the shopping bag and the add button with... Apparently this reels feature, which I'm assuming just lets you go ahead and see short videos instead of, you know, whatever. And that seems to be the big push lately. A lot of these other. Oh, Chad also pointed out that um, the two icons that are moved from the bottom were moved to the top. interesting in any case the what i think a lot of this goes to between the fleets the reels being front and center on instagram this is a push for other social media platforms to try and capture what tiktok has going because all tiktok is when push comes to shove Is short. Silly. Videos. And literally everyone else just like. We can do that. And I get that. But. Let me. Lay something else out for you. The concept of short short, silly videos is not new to TikTok. There was an app out there that many of you probably vaguely remember, but don't realize it, called Vine. And that had some popularity, and then it died. TikTok has something else else going for it and it's hard to pin down exactly what but in the end i guess everyone's just gonna keep trying and just throw whatever the heck they can at the wall and see what sticks We're going to take a break here when we come back. YouTube is adding more ads to the videos you watch. Whether you or the video that you're watching likes it or not.
2: Modern leaders. It's not just their ability to reason that we value or their eloquence. It's more than their intelligence that we admire. What truly matters is their humanity. Just like modern leaders, the LS is human at heart. Every aspect of the Lexus LS is crafted around you, engineered to a higher standard, the human standard. The new 2021 Lexus LS. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer
1: welcome back eagle eyes on tech i'm eagle falcon all right so as i said youtube is going to be adding more ads to your youtube experience whether you like it or not and More terrifyingly, whether the creator likes it or not, normally, normally when you go ahead and publish a video to YouTube as a creator, you don't have ads put on until you reach a certain threshold. Much like the Twitch affiliate status we were talking about earlier, once you reach 1,000 subscribers on YouTube, and I think it's 3,000 total watch or 3,000 average watch minutes or something like that. It's some kind of weird metric like that. You get put into a category called YouTube Partnership, which is the most uneven partnership that has ever existed ever since the dawn of the name Partnership. At that point, you are then allowed to say which videos do get ads, and then you get a cut of that ad revenue. It is a process that is known as being monetized. However, if you're under that threshold, YouTube now plans on adding ads to those videos... But those creators get exactly zero, not a zip zero of any kind of ad dollars from those ads. I'm sorry, what? Really. Really? We're gonna we're gonna really do this, huh, YouTube? The sole reason I wanna remind you, the sole reason that YouTube put such a high threshold on that YouTube partnership thing was because they said they couldn't get enough ads. for every single one of their creators to be able to monetize their content. Uh-huh. I see. So I don't know if you if you, if others if others knew this or not, I used to be a YouTube partner. I used to to meet the old threshold and it took a lot of blood, sweat, and tears to actually pull that off. Now I'm nowhere close because the threshold was lifted. And currently YouTube is still holding freaking $26 that I couldn't withdraw because I was waiting for the ad revenue to finally go above the $100 threshold so I could actually withdraw it and say, Yay, YouTube money! Well, now I can't. But now anyway, my content's going to get freaking ads on it. I'm going to get complaints about ads. And I won't see a bloody scent about it. Now take that and multiply it by every single other creator out there. This is obnoxious. This is just straight up obnoxious. I'm sorry, YouTube, but this is not a good look for you. What the heck is it lately with every single content creation platform doing stupid things? It's bizarre. In addition to this shift in ad policy, they are also going to be experimenting with audio-only ads that will play in the background of uh, YouTube music. Great thought and all. Now, if only YouTube music would actually adjust how much they actually pay the artists. For those who missed the story, we reported a couple of weeks ago YouTube Music, which is planning on launching and replacing Google Music, is officially the music platform that gives the period, lowest period, cut period to the publisher. Again. Not a great look for you, YouTube. It really... Really isn't. Stadia also doesn't have a good look. But... But... The Stadia has hope. It has found a way! To make it onto the iPhone. Yes, now they'll get all those iPhone users... Who, quite frankly, don't have better games to play other than Among Us. And that one anime game that's actually really, really popular despite having a having a gacha game mechanic in it. But it's not that bad. Frig, what is it? I'm now drawing a blank on it. The, the one that uh, people have been badgering me to play. Oh, God. I'm drawing a blank. Someone, anyone, Genshin Impact. Thank you. Genshin Impact. So at least now there is another way to play to play games on iOS. Even though it will involve using a controller that is only slightly smaller than the iPhone you'd be playing on. I'm actually legitimately curious, has Stadia actually improved their latency at all? Has Stadia actually managed to break the space-time continuum and actually develop negative latency? I'm curious, but I'm not that curious. Although, speaking of curious, I actually did notice yesterday during my podcast prep, I do have an invitation to play Amazon Luna. I actually should give that a shot. Since my time with Stadia was so bad. Yeah, that was... uh... Abysmal. And so yeah, Google Stadia is going to be able to pull that off. We'll see how long until Apple tries to crush it under its heel. Kind of like how Nintendo went out of its way to crush a Super Smash Brothers Melee and Ultimate Tournament. This is actually kind of a, uh, this is this really is a story about how absolutes are the worst way, the worst way to handle anything. It really, really is. So every year for those who are unaware, like myself, there is a fighting game tournament held by big house. And Super Smash Brothers has been a part of it since 19 always. Well, in the year 2020, it is obscenely difficult to say the least, to get a large group of people to gather into a convention hall and hold a big exciting event. Something obscure about some kind of virus and Cough, coughings and uh, Halloween masks. I, I can't remember all the details. But because of that. House had a big brain idea. They decided. To hold it online. By using the power of this newfangled thing. Some people have heard about. But I haven't called the internet. Their competitors. Could compete. Online. By using modded consoles. Now you see I have said a forbidden word there. Modded. And that. Has drawn the attention of the Nintendo lawyers. Who sent a cease and desist. And crushed the tournament. Beneath its lawyer boots. Nintendo then had then issued a statement. The statement reads as follows. Nintendo appreciates the love and dedication of the fighting game community has for the Super Smash Bros. series. We have partnered with numerous Super Smash Bros. tournaments in the past and have hosted our own online and offline tournaments for the game. And we plan to continue that support in the future. Unfortunately, the upcoming Big House Tournament announced plans to host online tournaments for Super Smash Bros. Melees that required the use of illegally copied versions of the game in conjunction with a mod called Slippy during their online event. Nintendo therefore contacted the tournament organizers and asked them to stop. They refused, leaving Nintendo with no choice but but to protect its intellectual property and brands. Nintendo cannot condone or allow piracy of its intellectual property. Let me tell you a story. About seven years ago, there was a breakthrough in MMORPGs. It was a small little game called Terra. Terra introduced many unique things for an MMO, including no targeting. You actually had to aim. Every single one of your shots. Skill actually played a major role in how you played the game. Jumping out of the way, avoiding attacks, who you were targeting, who the enemy was targeting, did not matter. What mattered was did your sword make physical contact with the enemy? Or did your arrow land? Or did your spell land? That was how the game functioned. However, the game had a major bug, a major flaw. You couldn't play outside of... Oh! Once you got outside a certain threshold of the data center... The delay between your actions and how they land made the game almost unplayable. Well, its community came up with a brilliant mod. It was called Terra Proxy, and this mod allowed everyone around the world to play the game flawlessly, and the community flourished. And then finally, four years later, the devs finally realized that over half their community had modded clients so that they could play the game that they couldn't fix, and then started banning anyone who had modded clients, and the game died. And then eventually the developer and the publisher went out of business. And now the game is barely being held up by a company called Game Forge. I gotta ask Nintendo. Did you really think that saying... That you hosted your own tournaments... Makes things better? cuz i hate to break it to you lag is a thing it is on top of that your assumption that every single copy of the game is illegal can you prove that these copies of super smash brothers melee are illegal. In fact, by the letter of the law, even if I have, say, for example, a copy of Pokemon Diamond that was modified using a program program called a randomizer, Is that illegal? Well, the thing is, is that the game was copied... With a cartridge... That I physically own. And by the letter of the law... That is legal. To simply say... That because... This mod to help reduce lag might, might mean that the game is, mo- might, b- could possibly be modified illegally does not mean that it is illegal. You must provide proof in this regards, and in the end, all you have managed to do Is kill an event that you didn't host and make it look like you want no events to exist other than your own. You can claim that this is all to prevent piracy, but you have provided no evidence that piracy has actually occurred. For shame, Nintendo. For shame. Oh, by the way, before anyone starts emailing me or start bringing up uh, Nintendo sending cease and desist to Australian streamers... Yeah, that's... That doesn't matter. <laughs> I'll, I'll cover that one real quickly. I don't even have it in my, in my notes here. But basically... The uh, recent Zelda game. I actually forgot what the game is. Um, It's like the Legend of Zelda. Hyrule Warriors. The Age of Calamity or something like that. Australia of course. Because of the way their. Time zone works. They are the first. To get access to. Pretty much anything that launches globally. So a lot of uh, Australian streamers got access to to the game early before anyone else could. All right, and then they streamed it. Here's the thing though. Nintendo says you can go ahead and stream any of their games if you want as long as it is after the global release date. Nintendo measures the global release date by the end of the day. Actually, I forgot exactly how they measured it. But basically because Australia is basically a full day ahead of most of the rest of the world. It does put them in a super awkward spot. And I'm not going to lie. It's just kind of one of those things you kind of have to know about if you stream in Australia. But if that were to go to court, I would be very, very fascinated to see how that goes down. That would be very interesting. All right, let's talk about, with no good transition, let's talk about the state of electric cars that are not made by Tesla. GM is recall recalling Chevy Bolt cars because they are spontaneously catching fire. So, yeah, not well. So, yeah, that's, um... Whoops. Basically these uh these batteries that are made by LG Chem have a chance of catching fire when charged above 90%. So a couple of things actually crossed my mind. First off, I've only read up on how Tesla EVs work cuz Basically, that's the only ones you can get a hold of. I mean, heck, besides the Tesla and the Chevy Bolt, can anyone else name any electric vehicle that people can actually buy? Actually, wait, can I name any? I think BMW... Has Oh, the Nissan Leaf! Thank you, chat. Someone's got me. I forgot all about the Nissan Leaf. Man, that that was supposed to be a revolutionary vehicle that went nowhere. It is stunning how little that vehicle has managed to accomplish. So we got the Nissan Leaf, the Chevy Bolt... I think Porsche and BMW might have one across the pond. It wouldn't surprise me at all if Mercedes also has an electric vehicle they are also hiding across the pond. Mercedes ha- has a pretty ha- pretty nasty habit of anytime they have something that's actually like legitimately innovative they hide it across the uh across the pond. Apparently, Hyundai also has one called the uh, the Hyundai Kona. And, and no chat, there is not such a thing as the the Cyber Duck. That is not a real vehicle. Okay. Apparently, the Hyundai Kona. It is basically a Ford Escape And on Hyundai's own website There is not any evidence That one exists as An electric That's a shame I'd have to look deeper into it There probably is a version of it that's electric And it's just buried on their site Yeah, okay, there is one that's just the the Kona EV. But anyway. Back to the actual thing. My point to this is a lot of the major manufacturers are running into some serious problems with making electric vehicles. Heck, I point to Ford. I think Ford has like I think the only one they only have one actual full electric vehicle and that's the Mach E which is a Mustang SUV like vehicle that's supposed to be like a Model S. And then they also announced, we actually talked about it last week, the Transit E. A van with an estimated range of 120 miles. And I said, this is a good start but it's not there yet for the masses especially when you compare it to the biggest company out there when it comes to electric Tesla 120 miles 200 miles Tesla gets 300 easy And that really is going to be a big major factor in this, is this range. And then on top of that, just making sure their cars don't spontaneously combust. The other issue is charging. And fortunately, Electrify America, which is a charging network that exists, I don't. I don't think that. Ah, God, I'm actually curious to even electrify America. Station anywhere close to me, but they are now upgrading their stations to offer a feature they are calling "plug and charge," much like the Tesla superchargers. If you just bring the charging plug over, hit a button, you just insert it, and it charges your card automatically I think that's interesting personally I, I mean granted I don't have an electric car at all so I don't know what the rates are for charging on the go or how fast I know the supercharger is supposed to be stupid fast like if I go down to a grocery store plug into a supercharger with a Tesla, go do my grocery shopping for an hour and come back, there's a decent chance I'll be at a full charge again. And that is actually very attractive. I don't know if these Electrify America stations are going to get close. We are definitely in the early stages of this. And it is very, very clear as we start seeing other manufacturers start showing what they've got in electric cars that Tesla is just way way out in front but then they do really really odd things like the Cybertruck. no one's gonna buy that other than Tesla fanatics and people who really really want something that's bizarre looking no pickup truck enthusiast is gonna look at thing in, at, at that cyber truck and go, Yes. We're gonna take a break here when we come back. We have the M1 benchmarks, and there is a lot there to digest.
2: modern leaders. It's not just their ability to reason that we value or their eloquence. It's more than their intelligence that we admire. What truly matters is their humanity. Just like modern leaders, the LS is human at heart. Every aspect of the Lexus LS is crafted around you, engineered to a higher standard, the human standard. The new 2021 Lexus LS. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.
1: back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. Alright, so the Apple Silicon M1 computers has gotten into the hands of every single lunatic and reviewer that went and ordered them. And early reviews of the M1 are very simple. For those who are unaware, Apple announced earlier this year that they would be switching off Intel CPUs and instead using their own custom CPUs based on the ARM architecture. ARM, for those who are unaware, are the same kind of processors, the same processors, there we go, that you'd find in, say, your smartphone or a watch like I'm wearing. Whereas X86, those are usually bigger, beefier, higher power consuming processors. ARM usually excels at being very compact and very, very, very power efficient. Whereas X86... Is more intended for speed, power, and well, being universally adaptive. Pretty much every single computer for the longest time, except for smartphones, has been built to run on x86 on an Intel or an AMD CPU. That's what Windows is built to run on. That's what macOS has been built to run on until now. macOS Big Sur or macOS 11 brought ARM support to the Mac. The downside with ARM, though, is that pretty much anyone can build an ARM processor. Anyone can go ahead and customize it however the heck they want which means Apple went ahead and did a lot of customization on their particular one and they promised they promised insane performance and by insane I mean they said it was going to be 3x better yep 3x better we still don't know better than what But it's going to be 3x better. And it's going to be 5x more GPUs than something. And it really did come off to anyone who is even slightly skeptical as going, Okay, hold on here. How much is this CPU going to suck? Well, it turns out that Apple is just terrible at showing confidence. Because compared to Intel-based Macs, these Macs, both the Mac Mini, the MacBook Air, and the MacBook Pro, are about 50% better than the previous Intel-based Macs. However, there is a very, 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 very big asterisk next to this benchmark. Actually, I'd say more like a forest of asterisks. There's like the number, and then there's an entire paragraph of little asterisk stars next to it. couple things to keep in mind. Apple has almost deliberately been building terrible thermal solutions for their Macs for the last three years. Apple's also been building terrible keyboards for the last four years, but I digress. These thermal solutions to the point just made no sense. Anyone who knew anything about how to cool things would look at, say, the MacBook Air and yank their hair out as there was a passive heatsink on one side of the motherboard and a fan on the
0: opposite side
1: <sighs> It 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 made no sense. Of course the blasted thing overheated, and then of course the Intel chip inside had to intentionally slow itself down because it shot up to a hundred degrees. Almost instantly. That's 100 Celsius by the way. We don't measure computer components by anything but Celsius. Despite the fact that a lot of us still use the Imperial system. But I digress. It shoots up to 100 Celsius almost immediately. And then the blasted thing just cowers and tries to hide as it cools itself off. So it's not hard to beat a thermal throttling CPU. There's the other asterisk here, though. If you're comparing the MacBook Air and the MacBook Pro to, say, a PC, like Apple is clearly about to go ahead and do, yeah, Intel is currently in a slump. Intel has had a very, very hard time lately getting under 10 nanometers. Intel's had a hard time getting to 10 nanometers in the first blasted place, for crying out loud. But Intel's not the only CPU manufacturer out there. There's AMD. And AMD has been killing it with performance. 64 processing cores on one CPU. On one! You go back five years and you needed a full rack! of servers to get 20, 64 CPU cores. AMD put that on a chip.
0: A single chip.
1: AMD cracked the code. When it comes to power efficiency, squeezing out north of 10 hours of battery life on a gaming laptop, when was the last time Intel made a gaming laptop that could get double digits battery life? Never! Gaming laptops always got four hours of battery life while doing Microsoft Word. Because they couldn't crack the code on power efficiency. AMD did it. And if AMD could just make enough mobile processors, freaking Intel would be kicked out of the of the freaking laptop space altogether. But with this competition, of course, forces Intel to get their butts in gear. Intel is not full of idiots, mind you. Intel has, quite possibly, absolute geniuses on their hands. They were the ones that cracked the code back in 2005 to be able to put multiple cores on a single CPU. To get a 90% performance increase at drastic performance per watt improvements with the dawn of the Core series and then blew it out of the water with Core 2. So. What I'm trying to say here is this is a good step forward for Max, and it's already turned out to be better than we expected it to be. However, I am willing to bet no one's done it yet. I know the Linus Media Group is working on a review right now. They have been teasing it. Frickin as much as they could. Knowing my luck. It probably airs before this podcast airs on Monday. That they are. That they want to go ahead and test. These Macs against. Other PCs in their actual class. Ones that actually. Have thermal solutions that make sense. In the end. All we can do is wait and see. However. There is one thing to keep in mind. These are the first gen of the Apple Silicon Chips. This is the first gen of ARM... On an actual desktop operating system. And right now... Performance can always be improved. Down the road, ARM's just going to get stronger and stronger. It will get strong enough to beat out... AMD and Intel, who knows? But in the meantime, you have one major problem compatibility. Applications like Google Chrome for the M1 Max had to be pulled because it just didn't work. Unfortunately, that has been remedied, but as of the time of recording this, if you want to try and use, say, the Adobe Creative Suite, something that is commonly used for the Mac, you can't use Photoshop at all. Photoshop just straight up does not work on Macs. That's a big problem. That is a huge problem. Especially since, you know, you just went ahead, you tried to lure back all those wonderful professionals with that big, thick, beautiful, to some people, $5,000 cheese grater. That you actually put a proper cooling solution in. And now you go ahead and just brick compatibility with professional applications. Good job. You did it. Yeah, figured out how to kerfuffle it. But hey, if you went ahead and you got a $700 Mac Mini and are just like, well, now what? It's okay. Blizzard has you covered. World of Warcraft now runs on ARM-based Macs. Yeah. Who needs a gaming computer that can do multiple games? Just go get a Mac mini. And then run WoW and then wonder why? Why did I do this to myself? At, at least that at least you got that. I should say though in all seriousness, The ARM-based Macs do have the added benefit of running any iOS application natively. So basically on ARM-based Macs, you have Google Chrome, World of Warcraft, Genshin Impact, and Among Us. Good job. By the way, the Macs are not touchscreen, which still baffles scientists literally everywhere. Just why? You're basically a giant phone already. Just add the touchscreen. Do it. Do it. Apple went ahead as well and uh, said, we're going to go ahead and launch... The App Store small business program that will lower the App Store fees for small business owners and independent developers starting on the first of a year that is not cursed or slightly less cursed for all developers who earn less than $1 million from the App Store. If you go ahead and make more than $1 million in the App Store, then you're back up to 30%. Can I just say this move is brilliant on Apple's behalf? This is absolutely brilliant. Because this does a couple of things. One... It's a show of good faith. Apple right now has very, very bad PR right now. I mean, for crying out loud, I just described about how they went and sabotaged a whole bunch of Intel-based Macs by just deciding, eh, I think we should make them make them run hot enough to fry an egg on them. Solid. And then on top of that, you have the PR that Fortnite put upon them. If you forgot because you bleached it from your memory, I am jealous. But I'm going to remind you anyway. The developers of Knife, aka Epic Games, said that the Apple Store app store fees were monopolistic and were unfair as the fees of 30% of their cut was unreasonable. And the only other places that match that are, say, retail stores. Which charge 30% because they also got to pay their employees and the stocking fees. And by stocking fees, I mean, you know, the rent on the building that they have to house their product in to cover all that. Whereas the Apple App Store only has to power... Well, I'd say they're high-end, they're they're super high-end massive data centers, but knowing Apple, they have the whole thing running off a single Mac Mini. That poor, poor Mac Mini. Or a Palm Pilot. Actually, now I'm just imagining you go into an Apple data center, there's just one big frame of a server rack. And then a small table in the in the middle of that rack with an iPhone sitting on there, and that's the entire server. I could see Apple doing that. Anyway, I stupid thoughts aside, that case hasn't gone through yet. That's supposed to start next year. But of course, now Apple can point and say. No, 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 no. We don't do 50%, 30% for everyone. We just do it for 30% for... For big developers. They're trying to go ahead and make moves to attempt. And the big thing here is attempt to appear... More generous than they actually are. Needless to say. Epic Games is not amused. By this behavior. Nor would. nor I mean if you were Epic. Would you be amused with this? Hey you know that 15% you kept asking us? Yeah. You know that 50% you're suing us over? Yeah. We're going to do it for everyone except you. Because screw you. That's a jerk move. I, for one, though, support the move, although I'd rather see, you know, it go to like 15% for, oh, I don't know. Everyone. All Apple's doing in the grand scheme of things is hosting. A handful of servers. I wonder how many servers actually makes up the Apple App Store. But in any case, that's what Apple's move is trying to go ahead and gain the high ground while they go ahead and continue to just screw around with everyone else, especially the right to repair movement. Someone in the chat says it's for show, nothing enforces it. How does nothing enforce it? The thing is, is that as long, if if they go ahead, I mean, if they announce this and then don't put into practice, then they're just going to get sued for false advertising, and there's no amount of lawyer in the world that's going to get them out of that chat says apple sets the the, the their own price chat says they can change it later i mean yeah they can but they then have to suffer you know the PR of changing it later, kind of like how, let's say for example, I notice at the gas station at the gas station, gas is a buck fifty. All right, that's way cheap as opposed to recently. I go ahead and I fill my. I'm. I'm I sh- I should mention. I'm saying a buck 50 per gallon which is roughly two and a half liters before anyone who uses a real measurement system unlike unlike those those of us here on Imperials oh someone in chat says a gallon is 3.8 liters see I knew I was I knew I was off I just wasn't sure by how much but in any case before anyone goes like buck 50 that's way expensive for for a liter of gas. Or petrol or diesel or whatever. I, I digress. You know, I see a buck 50 and be like, oh, okay, I'll go, uh, oh, I see no problem. I'll go ahead and uh, freaking fill up. Whatever. No problem whatsoever. Now let's say it doubles. Let's say the 15% goes up to 30. Let's say our buck 50 goes up to $3. well, heck, my cost to travel with my vehicle has now just doubled. Maybe I'll just walk to work instead. Maybe I'll go actually use my bike. Maybe I'll go do do anything else. The only problem, of course, then, is in that same sort of analogy, you're very limited as to what your other options are. Yeah, I could go walk to work. But what if I have to... Say, travel to my parents for Thanksgiving? I can't walk that. I have no choice but to pay the fees. And I'm going to be very, very frustrated... At the gas station... For jacking up the price. Now, in the case... Of the gas station that's a little out of their control they're at the mercy of the price of oil and the state of the world and uh, whether and whether the heck um, and whether the heck a refinery broke down or not there's a lot of factors in, in the when it comes to gasoline it's not the best comparison in the world but there's a lot of factors there I'm going to try and do something to avoid those sorts of costs. If Apple were to say, go ahead and just up the rate back up to 30%, they're going to face the repercussions. There's going to be more cases like with Epic Games. It does mean in the grand scheme of things that Apple have to spend more in lawyer fees to defend themselves. Granted, It might not be as much as Joe Schmo Incorporated files a suit and then realizes just what they got into and then just goes, hey, can we settle for tree fitty? That'd be great. But then, of course, there's something that Apple can't buy off PR. And that's what they risk. It's very easy to lower the price. It is very difficult to increase your prices and come out unscathed. That's always something to keep in mind. Speaking of being unscathed, Epic is filing legal proceedings against Apple in Australia, where consumer law is... Much, much, much more pro-consumer than in a lot of places, actually. So now Apple not only has the lawsuit here in the States, but they have one in Australia. And I'm willing to bet there's got to be at least three or four over in the European countries just because their Apple always seems to be under someone's microscope in the EU. Like here, you want to win a bet, just randomly declare that Google, Apple and Facebook are in court somewhere in the EU. If you manage to find someone to take your bet on that, I'm willing to bet if you look hard enough, you'll find something that shows that Apple, Facebook, and Google are in a court case somewhere in the EU. It is about as inevitable as it getting cold in Wisconsin during winter. Before we get to the break, though, I want to talk a little bit about privacy and Apple. Apple has kind of always positioned itself as a company of security. In a world where Android, not even exaggerating, literally gives you notifications asking for reviews without you prompting for it for places you've been. It is the creepiest thing in the world, and it takes a while to get used to that. Holy cow. Did that freak me out transitioning back to Android. But that's how Apple pitched itself. It is the privacy company. You get your iPhone, and that's it. Everything's secure. All thanks to our dedicated chip built into the phone. It's all dedicated there and everything is perfectly fine. Oh, hey, by the way, um, your Mac is spewing out your data unencrypted to the world. And pretty much it's very easy for Apple to, to just keep tabs on that. This was discovered as people were digging into Big Sur, the latest macOS update, which they really should just cave in and just call it macOS 11 already. Stop these stupid names. I hate this. I want my cat names back. But I digress. Naturally, everyone got concerned as they realized, wait a minute, it's very easy to just read these credentials that are going over on macOS. Apple has released undisputable evidence that there are no privacy concerns whatsoever. It reads as follows. What? No, no, we totally aren't. Okay, that, that's, that's a little summarized. That was basically the response. <laughs> their response is basically the freaking Among Us equivalent of saying, what? No, I didn't kill him. I was in electrical. You're acting kind of sus.
0: Don't you have anything more to say than that? Come on!
1: What works in a mobile game about lying does not work in the real world most of the time, hopefully. Apple did, however, say that they will be sending out a patch soon that will properly encrypt the data. So at least... There's that. <laughs> Chat says, tell that to the politicians. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I ain't faulting this trap. I ain't talking to politicians. That's how you get angry. I, I'm living the chill life. I am absolutely living the chill life. We're And speaking of the chill life, we're going to take a break here. When we come back, I have a few more little a- Apple stories to tell mostly about privacy and then I want to talk about AMD and their three, you heard me, three new GPUs will be back.
2: modern leaders. It's not just their ability to reason that we value or their eloquence. It's more than their intelligence that we admire. What truly matters is their humanity. Just like modern leaders, the LS is human at heart. Every aspect of the Lexus LS is crafted around you, engineered to a higher standard, the human standard. The new 2021 Lexus LS. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.
1: Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right. We have one last thing to talk about in regards to security with Apple. Apple does plan on moving forward with, with quote, plans to limit creepy user tracking. That headline alone just kind of makes you go, What? So let's first get a couple of the things out of the way. There were a lot of reports that other security vulnerabilities were being exposed in iOS. This surprised me exactly not at all, especially when the one firm, I forgot their name already, but they specifically said, please stop sending us notifications about vulnerabilities on iOS we literally can't keep track of them all. There are too many. Well, then. That's kind of odd. Apple really needs to get on top of that. But Apple does plan on, mo- on well, limiting the amount of tracking that apps do. despite the fact that Apple is about to be in a case regarding their advertising because of its tracking. So, the OS can track you, but not the apps. Tracking for me, but not for thee but then you look at the apps a lot of these social networks require require these kinds of trackings in order to sell you ads and pay their bills if the tracking can't happen Well, that is cutting off a substantial amount of revenue from these platforms. That's going to put a lot of these areas in um, a very, very awkward situation. And I'd be very curious to see how this proceeds forward. Will it mean the end Of platforms like Facebook. Like TikTok. It's hard to say. But I guess we'll find out. Down. The road. Probably not though. By the way. Apple finally did. Settle in regards to. Battery gate. For those who absolutely forgot. About battery gate, because I actually totally did. Apple was intentionally using software throttling battery performance on older iPhones, supposedly out of safety. So that older iPhones didn't overcharge the battery and potentially cause them to catch fire. Even though the real reason was clearly, clearly... That uh, they wanted you to think your battery was dying much faster than it actually was so you go buy a new iPhone. Which once again puts someone like myself, who is looking at their phone that is potentially dying, even though last week I was saying how much I love my phone, and going, man, do I want to stay in the camp of Android where everything feels jank, or do I want to go back over to Apple? Where everything seems happy and wonderful, and I'm beaten up in the closet by my phone without me knowing it. Why can't technology just be good? It feels bad, man. It feels bad. I just want my phone to hug me when I sleep. That's all. Does that make me weird? Probably. You know what is weird, though? The new Oppo X 2021, a concept phone that features a new kind of screen While, while other phones have done simple things like having a single screen. Or more complicated things like a foldable screen. This Oppo screen, this Oppo phone introduces something brand new entirely: a rolling screen. What? So it appears to be a normal phone until you put your finger on it and you realize it's made of the same kind of rubbery plastic material that a folding phone is. And then you can then on one side slowly pull and extend the screen as the screen unrolls to match the rest of the phone as you put you could basically just pull open the phone to make the screen bigger up to a certain point Because the screen is actually rolled up inside one side of the phone. And as you pull it, unrolls it. Phones are getting crazy. This thing's going to be expensive AF though. Like, this sounds very, very fascinating. I am afraid to know how much this blasted phone... Is going to cost. I am now actually frantically scrolling through the article. To see if Oppo mentioned a price. I seriously doubt it. It looks like they have. Not. Hmm. I don't know. These early concept phones are. Absolutely fascinating but I hate to be the guy I hate to be that guy who is going to go ahead and point out one very huge critical flaw in the phone and that's the screen because it is made out of the same sort of material That folding screens are. This means. That soft sort of material. Can be permanently damaged. By fingernails. We still have not found a way. To increase the durability. Of these folding screens. To be even close. To what a normal phone can. And it's going to be a long time. Before we pull that off. The other problem is that the phone is constantly exposed. Chat wants to know if we're discriminating against women again. I mean, you couldn't take it that way, but... Here, for those listening to the audio podcast, you can't see it, but like... Even like my fingernails, which are not long at all... That can... because Because it's there and not like ground down... That can in fact put permanent damage into a folding phone. So I wouldn't say it's discrimination. I'd say it's flawed. That and on top of that, these folding phones are like. Now they're a couple thousand dollars. It's just look they look cool. Don't misunderstand. They look really cool. But just just fight the urge. Fight the urge to pay to pay as much for a cool concept phone as you would for a good used car. I'm I'm telling you just just fight the urge chat wants to know how this got past QA testing. Honestly, you want to know how it got past QA testing? The desire to be the first. That's how it got past. There's just no other way to describe it. They tested it enough to make sure that, yeah, it works on paper. And in the end, they push it out so that they can pay the bills for the for the research and development for the technology that is not ready yet. That is, in fact, where it comes from. Speaking of not ready yet, I want to talk about AMD's uh, GPU launch. Oh, boy. All right, so for those who don't know, we are in the middle of a big, big release in technologies in the gaming space. NVIDIA has revealed three of their GPUs The RTX 3080, 3090, and 3070. All of which are... Reasonably priced for what they do. However, the odds of getting them... Are somewhere between zero and... Yeah, there's zero. You're not going to get one. It's extremely difficult. And you might actually have to be a wizard... to to find one without getting scalped by some terrible person on eBay. Alright, then at the same time as these new NVIDIA GPUs are out, the new game consoles launch. And I mean, here, unpopular opinion This is going to be a very unpopular and quite possibly what some would call a hot take out of Eagle. All right. All right. Are you ready? Everyone is talking about how the consoles had a very, very terrible, sloppy launch. I'd argue the PlayStation 5 and Xbox series launch went probably about as well as one could expect I would argue it actually went pretty smooth the majority of people who wanted to be early adopters were able to get it granted it is in back order no surprise Stocking anything technology wise has been very difficult thanks to some obscure virus that I have never heard about before in my entire life. What the heck are you talking about? That's crazy talk. And well, aside from a few hiccups, which is almost expected from a first gen, first early production products, I'd honestly say the PS5 and the Xbox Series launch went for the most part pretty smoothly now that being said we do have one person that points out that uh, people in the UK got their PlayStation 5s from Amazon stolen but I mean I can't hold that against Sony that is definitely a uh, an Amazon problem That's a very, very scummy thing, but that's more a distributor problem rather than an Amazon problem. Whereas the Nvidia problem with their graphic cards is definitely a production line problem. It has been months and you still cannot get a 3080 or a 3090. They are just nowhere close, and there's no end to the shortage in sight. So AMD launches their RX 6800 and 6800 XT, all right? Honestly, for the most part, the performance is fantastic. The 6800 outperforms the 3070 for $80 more, which makes it kind of odd. To recommend a 6800. Because just for a little bit more. You get the reference of the 6800 XT. Which trades blows very easily. With the 3080. At $50 less. So I wouldn't get a 6800. I think the 6800 will very soon, drop in price. And by very soon, I mean probably March of next year. Probably later, actually. The first thing that needs to happen is that supply needs to be fulfilled because you can't get any of the and D cards either! Supply sold out basically instantly. And on top of that... AMD sold out. They gave. Early pre-order links. To their. Red Team Plus members. Which is their influencer program. So a lot of places they were taking pre-orders. They end up getting a grand total of like 5 or 10. Of these GPUs. And that's it. Ooh that's uh that's not a good look like at all i should also mention though although the base performance of the rx 6000 series looks really good um they take a performance hit like nobody's business the moment you turn on ray tracing like it tanks like RTX 2000 series tanks. So if you if you are getting a GPU specifically because you want glorious ray tracing,
0: eh, might
1: be uh better to go the RTX 3000 series when and if it ever exists ever again. Now chat's actually bring a good point. Don't misunderstand It's still impressive what the 6,000 series can do. I'm just saying that as far as Ray Trader's performance goes, the 3,000 series clearly wins. You know what this actually looks really, really close to? And I think I even made the same comment in my early bird briefing. The RX 6,000 series... Reminds me a lot. Of Zen 2. When the Ryzen 3000 series launched. Against Intel. It traded blows. Very very well. With what Intel had to offer. Beating them in certain areas. Losing in gaming. And it was a very very very. Compelling option. And considering the fact that AMD is able to pull that off with the huge advancements that Ryzen, that um, Nvidia made with their 3000 series. Dude, give Radeon a round of applause. This might be the first time in a while that Radeon actually, actually managed to pull it off. God, you want to talk about the biggest losers in tech, Radeon. Radeon has been the kicking boy of 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 tech for so so long yeah i think yeah i think it, I, um someone in the chat pretty much said that they've pretty much been terrible since the radeon 7970 that might have actually been the last time amd made a halfway decent high-end gpu Then again, they did also make that, uh, what was it? The R9 295X2, a very, very bizarre looking water-cooled mandatory dual GPU card that probably barely runs anymore since dual GPU support is gone. Also, can we just also say, man, Crossfire and SLI deserved better like that's just gone it just doesn't exist anymore it, it, it's it's gone the end kind of a shame but in any case that's how that launch went but ego didn't you say there were 3 amd gpus i did amd did launch a third gpu but it's not for you they launched the 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 amd instinct mi100 accelerator card this is a it's a supercomputer gpu i mean let's be honest its sole purpose in life is to be shoved into a rack have a whole bunch of of air pumped through it And for it to be used for scientific workloads. Or to mine bitcoins without the owner of the data center knowing. Like at all. It has no video outs. It is just vents in the front and back. There is no fans. Its performance though is. Well as expected for an accelerator card. Absurd. Absurd. And unfortunately, the page I got from it says almost nothing. It is claimed to be the world's fastest high-performance compute GPU. Because why would they say differently? There we go. There's the specs area. A 120 compute compute unit GPU. With a peak clock speed of 1.5 gigahertz. 23 teraflops of single precision performance. 46 teraflops of peak single precision It'd it, it, it be fast. It'd be stupid fast. And also rocking 32 gigs. 32 gigabytes of HBM2 memory I bet your computer doesn't even have 32 gigabytes of memory on it I'm not even sure if my computer has 32 gigs of memory on it there's actually a halfway decent chance it does it actually does That is the stupid of my memory. And it's on a graphic. A graphic card. Unfortunately though. The page does not mention what the price is. Because let's be honest. it's, It's not for you. It's not for me either. As much as I wish. There was a display out. On this card. And we could ask the question can it run crisis leaks have also come out that there will be an rtx 3060 ti and this mythical rtx 3060 ti that will only exist on paper and will never actually physically exist in the wild because that's how 2020 has been treating me and my need to get off this tent 10, this GTX 1060 i have i will never ever escape this GPU <laughs> anyway the th- the 3060ti will apparently be just barely faster than the RTX 2080 super well i like the sound of that don't you? And you know, for a GPU to outperform one of the flagships of last year and the year before oh no last year. To outperform the flagship of last year for what is estimated to be south of four hundred dollars. I'm I'm in. I wanna see this go. I would love to see this kind of performance. I'd love to go and get one, assuming, assuming that the card ever expects to physically exist. Oh, by the way, Nvidia also wanted to go ahead and let everyone know they also released another stupid high-end supercomputer GPU, the A one hundred eighty gig version so that they could go ahead and take their high-performance compute crown back from AMD after they stole it for all of, I think, 24 hours. With 80 gigabytes of integrated HBM2 memory built into the CPU. So let me ask you this, crazy people of the chat and listenership. If, you, if your system did have 32 gigs or higher, does it have 80 gigs or higher? Because that I'm willing to bet it doesn't. Someone in the chat says, not yet. But give me time and it will. Alright, we're going to take one last break here when we come back. I've got some very interesting stories to share. Some very, very interesting stories, including what's going on in the PlayStation world and Intel just finally giving up with the
0: NUC. <laughs>
2: Modern Leaders. It's not just their ability to reason that we value or their eloquence. It's more than their intelligence that we admire. What truly matters is their humanity. Just like modern leaders, the LS is human at heart. Every aspect of the Lexus LS is crafted around you, engineered to a higher standard. The human standard. The new 2021 Lexus LS. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.
1: Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right. PlayStation 5 users are finding out for odd reasons that um, when they play Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, they are accidentally playing the PlayStation 4 version of it. If they owned the PS4 digital version of it before. I could tell you exactly how this happened, about how it was all by mistake if you had the PS4 version, it, for whatever reason, accidentally defaulted to that version before letting you play the PS5 version with the updated graphics, but quite frankly, I am very curious, I am very, very curious, how many of those users noticed? How many people actually noticed that they were playing a last-gen game on a modern console? That's the real question you should ask. All right, with no good segue, I introduce you to the inevitable conclusion that the Intel Nook was going to the Intel Nook, if you don't know what it is, was Intel's little pet project. They went ahead and made basically a Mac Mini that you could buy as a barebone system and just throw in your own CPU. Sometimes it would have the CPU soldered into it. And then just bring your own RAM and storage device, and you basically had a Windows-powered Mac Mini. And then the Mac Mini got fat, then the nook looked tiny by comparison but in the end the nook really just had laptop components in a desktop form factor just a really small desktop form factor and as the years went along the nook kept getting smaller and smaller and smaller except for last year where it got bigger and basically looks like two graphic cards and and a daughter board because they had all the laptop components in what they called a compute module, but also plugged into a PCI Express slot, which really, really makes you want to do the unwise decision of taking this compute module and plugging it into a real computer and see what kind of fire is caused by it. Don't do that thing I just said. <laughs> That's It seems like a really bad idea. But I, I digress. The whole point of that one was to say, hey, you can go ahead and just plug this in and then next to it, bring your own GPU. And it's basically an upgradable computer that is really, really small. Well, the next gen Intel Nook is a laptop. They just finally did it. Intel just sent just said, "Hey, you know what? Here you go. The nooks a laptop now. Here you go. Bring your own RAM and CPU." The end. I mean, I guess it is very it's it's an interesting way to go about it. I mean, it actually is kind of remarkable how much barebone systems just kind of went by the wayside. Barebone systems, for those who don't know, are usually small PCs of some form where the manufacturer would basically include the proprietary motherboard, the proprietary power supply, and just say, you go ahead and load it with whatever CPU, RAM, and storage you want. Some even went to the extent of having a mxm slot and then say all right well here's the thermal solution for that card that you're going to throw in pick your own card too that was very very rare that they have that and i wish more manufacturers would have done that because that actually is cool they even did that with laptops a company called clevo is notorious for bare bones laptops nowadays it's very rare you see barebone systems at all manufacturers of barebone systems before just now sell the whole system I guess mostly the people who would get barebone systems before pretty much just became part of the Raspberry Pi cult now it's just you just go get a pie. Then go 3D print your own case. It's kind of weird how that happened. But there you go. You can go build your own laptop. Except Intel did all the work for you. In a very, very weird sign. That 2020 is the most bizarre year of all time. Roblox has filed to go public. I'm sorry, what? Yes, Roblox. Roblox is going to be going public. They have filed for an IPO and will be traded on the stock market. What? What is this timeline? Nothing makes sense anymore. I just... just. What the absolute fudge?
0: What is this going on?
1: You know what? Forget it. I'm going to go with my Twitch stream file for an IPO. We're going to be traded under the stock market acronym of... WTF. Freaking Roblox can go betray on the stock market. Why can't I? And then I give you the last burb, the last story of the day, the weirdest story of the day. This highline. line, th- this, this, this headline. Half-Life 2 Episode 2 just got a new achievement because Gabe Newell is shooting a gnome into space. Mm Okay, then. I mean, what else can you say? Basically, he- here's how the story goes. All right. Gabriel, if you are unaware, is the. I'm not sure if he's technically the CEO of Valve Software. Or if his position is some other title, if he's like president or something like that. Valve is kind of structured oddly. But in any case, Gabe's at the top, all right? Gabe Newell is at the top. And he has pretty much been in strict isolation in New Zealand, all because of some weird virus no one's ever heard of. And, well, while he's been doing there, he has teamed up with a special effects team down there known as Weta or Weta. Weta actually is a very big... SFX House. They have actually been responsible for a lot of special effects in a lot of Hollywood productions. I believe Weta, Weta, whatever is, was actually the ones that did, um, actually now I'm less sure of this. I want to say they did a lot of the special effects in Lord of the Rings, but now I am way less sure of this than I, sh- than I should be. I know they worked on a lot of big films, but in any case, they actually did team up with a local charity and then, in fact, did fire a small garden gnome into space. Not even kidding. They went and modeled a garden gnome. Got the physical garden gnome that it actually does appear in Half-Life. The gnome actually does have a name internally. It's called Chomsky. And they put it into a rocket and fired it. Actually out into space. And now because of that, you can now earn an achievement... In Half-Life, if you load the gnome into space. Chat did confirm that I was correct. Weta is, in fact, the SFX house that did do a lot of the work for Lord of the Rings. I believe they also did uh, the Hobbit. They did a lot. Like, Weta or Weta or however it's pronounced has done, like, a lot of really famous, um, films. And I'm now drawing a huge blank on that. But, folks, that is, in fact, where we end this episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have not gone too insane by the thought of... Gabe Newell launching a gnome! into space and I do encourage you check out some of our other works I have a daily podcast the early burb briefing which you can find wherever you found this one on iTunes on iHeartRadio Spotify Amazon podcast whatever the heck Google is doing that's still a mess I still have not figured out what the heck's going on over there they have not told me anything and check out my twitch page twitch.tv slash Eagle Falcon where we in fact record this podcast every Saturday take care and hopefully we'll see we'll see you next time just be honest here for a second let's just be honest here we all know when push comes to shove the only reason that Gabe Newell went ahead and launched a gnome into space was just so he could say that he went and gnomed the entire world good job Gabe Newell you did it you're a gnome And we've been gnomed. God frig.